Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today we're joined by the wonderful team behind Lionsgate's latest film, Shattered. We are joined today by Luis Prieto, who is the director of the film, as well as cast members Camera Moynihan and Lily Krug. And Luis, I wanted to start with a question for you because, um, you know, you bring us into this world and into these two characters meeting for the first time. Um, and even before narratively, we start to necessarily know what's off kilter, why things are off kilter, you start kind of bringing us off edge a little bit with a lot of choices that you make, you know, even seeing the two of the characters on screen and things are seemingly going well between them. And then the music composition that comes into the background starts to kind of key us into, you know, everything's not quite as it seems. And so I was interested in how you wanted to start creating a sense of imbalance for the audience, even before you tell us the details of why we're supposed to feel that way. Well, um, obviously, I will start by saying it's a thriller, so you expect things happen, right? Um, at the same time, I would say, like, it's real life. You know, this is two young people meeting one night. They really don't know anything about each other. And they decide sort of, like, hang out together the first night. In this case, is the character played by Lily going to the house to, of, of Chris, the character played by Cameron. And at that moment in the film, um, as an spectator, you know, as a filmmaker, I don't want to... I mean, I know something is going to happen, but I don't want to know who is the good guy and who is the bad guy, to put it that way, you know? And... Uh, I think the film in the same place a little bit, um, I don't want to say stereotype because it's not really stereotype, but more what you might suspect is if something were to go wrong, you think like, well, this is what's going to happen. Well, that is the surprise, it's not. Um, it's probably the opposite of what you could imagine it was going to happen. Yeah. And Cameron, when you were building out your character, did you find that the script gave you a lot of details to play off of? Because, you know, very early on, we learn about the separation from his wife and, you know, his relationship with his daughter, what it means to him to not be able to be a full time parent. You know, and then we also get to see things like the aesthetic that he has in the home that he's built for himself. The fact that he built a tech company and is retired, but is trying to figure out what direction he wants to take things in next. And so it felt like there were really a lot of details that kind of keyed us into different aspects of his life. So how did that help you when it came to your character development process? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that there's a ton of detail about uh, Chris on uh, his life prior to our, when we meet him in the movie. Um, uh, much of his life seems to be ob obfuscated in some way, um, almost purposefully, seemingly by the character. He's kind of taken a step away from the world around him and is, is uh, hiding aspects of himself. Um, but I don't think that that was necessarily, you know, I don't know if I needed a uh, rich backstory with Chris to be able to understand um, what what we were trying to go for with the character, which is we want him to feel um, both at arm's length in the sense of he's living this life of luxury and opulence and he's this technic millionaire, but at the same time, approachable in the sense that he needed to be an audience analog we needed to be able to re relate to him and so it was about finding the links to um chris that us the audience are going to want to watch him or like him and for me that was his relationship uh with his daughter and with his ex-wife and how protective he is of his family as well as his um sensitivity and fondness that he has for sky um and and so it was about finding something that felt um genuine in those interactions and um as well as just grounded you know um i think with the character like chris because he's this 
multimillionaire tech guy, it would be very easy to just play him as kind of a uh, douchey tech bro. Um, but I think that if, if that was the access to the character, no one would want to watch him for the entire movie. So it was about finding something that st still felt uh, relatable, um, if not a bit, uh, a, still a bit um, outside of what would be considered a normal life for a normal person. Yeah, I think that that's a great point and a great access point for us in watching it, like you said. And Lily, with your character, because we learn that she's not necessarily being truthful about all aspects of herself when she first meets Chris, um, I was interested in in what your determination was as to when she's telling him about her childhood and, and elements of her backstory and her history, as to whether you felt like she was actually telling him the truth or whether, you know, everything that she was saying was a construction as a way into him. So I think this is so interesting because I think Skye uh, was taught to be the way she is. And very early on, she was very good at just observing people and seeing how she can um, get exactly what they want, give them that. And that way, lure them in if that's her roommate, if that's her, for example, Chris, like the men she does this with. But I think there's something about Chris that awakes that emotion in her she hasn't felt before so I think there's and that's the internal fight she has throughout the movie which is I need to continue this and I need to do this and I don't know what else to do because I've never experienced anything like I have with Chris but at the same time she lets glimpse of her real self show and I mean we see that at the end of the movie where she just admits to him what her real name is and I think that's the biggest thing for her because she's never done that before as a con artist I think that's the greatest possession you have and at the end when she dies she gives that up to him because she feels like she can trust him. So I think there's definitely, like you say, elements where she reveals more about herself than she has before. But I think she's such a traumatized person who just knows control, power, and often retreats to that, especially when she feels things. And she tries to cover those with humor or with aggression or with acts, but she doesn't really let herself feel those many, a lot of the time. And Luis, I wanted to talk about the house at the center of the storyline, because obviously, visually, so much of the film takes place in, in Chris's house. And there's so many elements that you had to be able to find within this location it has to be somewhere that's really isolated so that we can have those cutaways to see that there's nobody around to be able to hear anything or to step in and come and help. Um, you know, at the same time, it's got to be a house that really fits into his personality traits, you know, has to be somewhere that can celebrate his love of wine, you know, really display the art that that he's spent his money on that has all the technological facets that he has developed and, and wants to have within the home that also play into a lot of the narrative points and also had to have a lot of spaces that you could carry us through with the characters and with the camera as they're kind of circling each other and, and coming after each other within this singular space. Um, and so I was interested in, in how you found that perfect location that was gonna tick all the boxes of everything you needed from it. Um, and then some of the production design elements that you wanted to bring in to enhance that. Well, it was a, a challenge, I have to say, um, because even though there are quite a few houses in Montana, quite a lot of very beautiful, it was hard to find one that it worked for the film, that it wasn't too big, uh, and at the same time, one that it wasn't too small. You know, So we, we were lucky to find the perfect size house with great views, um, great um, geography for the house itself, so we, when we saw it, we fell in love with it. We, we thought, okay, this is the house. It's, it's, a, it's an important character in the film. So it was very crucial that the house itself um, worked for the story. And everything is shot on location. So 
with the exception of the art bend where the little girl, um, Chris's daughter, escapes at the end of the film, everything else is actually in that house. What we did do, it was remove all the furniture that there was in the house, bring our own furniture, and also build a wall where you have the, the big computer screen. That, that's something that we had to bring for the story. But yeah, it was kind of challenging uh, to find the perfect house with the perfect views. And, uh, you know, we did, so it was great. Yeah, no, it's a really fantastic location. And like you said, it's a character in the film. And then Cameron and Lily, you know, when your two characters meet for the first time, I think off the back of what you were saying, Lily, your character is feeling certain emotions that even she hadn't anticipated. And for Chris, you know, it's not the traditional kind of tech bro coming in with the upper hand. This is someone who is emotionally vulnerable. You know, he hasn't dated for a long time. He's still trying to figure out how to move on from his past relationship with his wife. And so they're both coming at this connection from from an interesting point. And so what was that intimacy and connection that the two of you felt was important to create between these two characters and that kind of underlying kinship, no matter what happens later in the film? I mean, I thought what was so interesting was that we find out that Sky has been observing Chris. So she knows what he's like. She knows what he does. And she knows that he's an introvert. And I think she really plays into that and takes advantage of that because that's what she does. But I think there are a lot of moments, for example, with the wine, where we have these subtle looks and where you feel like, is this real? Is this played? Like you don't even know what's going on within Sky. And I think a lot of the times you don't know what's going on in her head, but she has a clear plan. And then sometimes she even noticed that she skews off of her own plan and you feel like she's losing control of what she really wanted. And I think a lot of the times the things she established with Chris at the beginning, even though it was short, it was so intense that that makes her fall off of her plan sometimes when she doesn't anticipate to. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that there is a genuine connection and spark between uh, Sky and Chris. Uh, at the same time, I think that Sky is taking advantage of um, certain aspects of Chris. Um, he has this desire for control. Uh, he has that in his house, in his home, in his life that he's governed for himself. And to a certain extent, I think that uh, Sky sells herself with a little bit of this. Um, almost like a damsel in distress uh, fantasy for, for Chris. And, and um, I think that Chris has some assumptions that he makes about Sky that she's just this vulnerable girl that he's going to take under his wing and show this amazing life to. And I think that there is this aspect of Chris that does infantilize her a little bit and um, kind of underestimates her. And while I think that he does genuinely have a, a, a affection for her and there is something that is genuine there, um, I do think that Chris's um, assumptions about uh, Sky are um, uh, dangerous and are ultimately his undoing. So it's kind of a, an interesting um, aspect between them. It's It's like a you know, there is a, a genuine connection there, but also uh, he is very much buying what Sky is selling. And Lily, off the back of what, what Cameron was just saying and, and what you were saying before about obviously this is someone who's also been watching him and kind of knows certain details. How did you want to play into that idea where he's kind of infantilizing her a little bit and, and kind of seeing her as very vulnerable, you know, and and at the same time, not, over, you know, showing her hand too much, you know, even just the fact that she gets into his car completely willingly, which, you know, this is a complete stranger she's never met before. And yet there's no point where she's questioning the safety because she knows that she has the upper 
upper hand and you know she's got to be the person to get him to invite her to his home and to bring him into his home um without kind of making it obvious that that's what she's trying to do and so how did you want to play those details where she's really kind of leading him in certain paths and certain directions without letting him really find out what's going on I love that you picked up on that because it's this very detailed play of helplessness, but also being very smart. And she knows that she is in control. And I think that gives her like this foundation of security. And at the beginning with the music, I think it can almost seem like, oh, what is he going to do to her? But then it quickly twists and you notice, oh, he's the victim. And actually she's the one doing things to him. And I think at the beginning when they meet in the supermarket and everything, like she put she really wants to play into that helpless woman. Oh, please help me. I have this horrible roommate. And I think that's her way into his house. And she knows that he's going through a divorce, that he's very lonely up there. And so if he meets someone in the supermarket, one of the places he goes to at night, because that's when he feels safe, that's one way into his heart and into his house. And I think that's the interesting thing about Sky as well. She's so smart and then uses the emotions she learned and how to use them. And I think she really works on portraying emotions and connecting to people and getting into houses and lives through the emotions she learned because those don't come really naturally to her. And for the three of you, did you have much of an opportunity to rehearse any of the scenes before you started filming or even before you would go into shooting something once you're in the production? Or was it really very much about finding the essence of a scene or finding character moments as you were filming and as things were moving forward? Well, it was a little bit um, challenging or scheduled. So Lily and I, we had a little bit more of time to, to talk about the character, to do a little a few rehearsals, but Cameron came in the game a few days actually before we started shooting. So we had the opportunity to talk a little bit about the characters, to go a little bit through the main scenes, but we didn't really have that much time to rehearse. Um, so we were a little bit obviously fresh, but at the same time, we try every day before we shot everything to make sure that we were happy with the blocking, that we knew what we were going to do. So even if sometimes it took us some time to play with it, um, you know, we knew that we had the scene that we wanted. And, you know, we shot the film in 20 days, so we didn't have that much time either to play before shooting every scene. So these two guys were extremely well prepared every day. And, uh, and that's basically what it made it possible. You know, they were on top of their game. And what were the key components for the two of you in, in the preparation that you did before you walked onto set so that you could jump into your characters and, and to be able to film in that way that Luis was just mentioning? I mean, for me, it was a lot of like physical and emotional preparation because as you said, Sky is very physical. So it was stunt training, just learning how to use all the weapons she uses that because they're unusual weapons, a katana, an ice pig, I mean, a scissor, she takes everything. And I think for me, it was knowing how to use them also in a safe way on set to make sure that because safety is number one on set to make sure that you don't hurt anyone doing the right movements and um, stage fighting is also very different to real fighting. <laughs> And then it was the emotional part, which I really worked on because I also like study psychology. So I really wanted to dive deep into the psyche of uh, Sky and did a lot of research on just her backstory, her history, how she became the person she became. And walking onto set with that and then talking with Lewis a lot before we started shooting, I had like this foundation of Sky, and it was great getting on set and getting to show parts of her that I've been working on. And how about for you, Cameron? Well, I broke my leg for real 
a year before we shot this. So I think it was method acting. I just didn't know I was doing it yet, but I was really just getting into character ahead of time. Man, you're so good. <laughs> so good. I, I you know, awesome. sometimes you don't even know it, but you're really just getting into the, the getting into a role just <laughs> way ahead of time, just really preparing yourself for it. But even Daniel Day Lewis doesn't do that a year ago. No. How many of how many legs has Daniel Day Day Lewis broken for a role? As far as I know, zero. So that's right. Not that right. Daniel. In fact, you know, tops to your performance, man. You really know how to prepare <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Well, Cameron, you also have to play some incredibly physically intricate scenes as well, you know, similar to Lily, you know, you've got the moments where you're completely tape bound to a wheelchair where he's trying to escape at the same time his legs in a cast and, you know, he's kind of trying every different possible way and, and with the limited, limited mobility as he's trying to get out of the house as he's trying to figure out an escape through the snow. Um, and so how did you navigate a lot of those very physical scenes for yourself and finding how you wanted to play them? You know, it's funny is uh, that scene where uh, Chris escapes from the the ties, the tape when he's taped to the wheelchair. He is supposed to escape in that scene, uh, but it ended up being that I, I was struggling so much. I was taped for real, but I started breaking through the tape and and credit to Luis for not uh, calling cut. And I, I started breaking through it and I just continued to break through it. And I think I ended up actually just straight up breaking through the wheelchair as well, but I broke through and escaped for real. And so what you see in the movie of him breaking out of the constraints was just me actually breaking out of the tape for real. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much you can really uh, prep for uh, something like that uh, beyond just preparing yourself mentally for the fact that it, it's not going to be the most comfortable thing in the world, which is okay. I mean, I think that we don't necessarily make things to be comfortable. We, we make things because it's interesting and a challenge. And it's, um, you know, so much of what is fun about it is that it's not necessarily the most easy thing in the world. But uh, yeah, I, there was not that much preparation that I could do physically beyond um, just uh, being okay with it, being uncomfortable for a little bit. <laughs> I, I want to add that I have to say, aside from preparing for the role a year earlier by breaking his leg, what jokes aside, it was actually extremely useful for, I wouldn't mind for you, Cameron, but also for me, because I knew that you knew what you were talking about every time we were shooting. And, you know, the leg, it was in the cast. You, you knew how it felt better than anyone else. And I knew that, okay, I don't need to worry about that aspect because it's completely under control. I think also in that scene where you break... Um, you know, the wheelchair, because I think industry ended up being broken after that scene, when you liberate yourself, I think not only your performance is amazing, but you also knew that from that scene onwards, we were going to be working without the wheelchair. So you were probably just dying to get out of that wheelchair. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, bring in the reality. And yeah. also, I very much know what it feels like to be tied up by a female partner. So, you know, <laughs> all, right. all right, bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> With the directing as well, um, I was interested in some of the choices that you made with costumes because there's some really great visual moments, whether it's John Malkovich and, and the great kind of like zip up shell suit jacket that he wears throughout the film, um, or whether it's Lily when you have her wearing all white so that then when there's a moment where she's covered in blood, it's a really visceral image on screen. Um, and so what were a lot of the important costume details that you wanted to find? Well. Again, it's a movie with very few elements. You know, there are very few characters, very few locations, 
So it felt that everything was important and they hardly changed clothes with the exception of, uh, of the character of Lily, who only, he only keeps changing clothes in everything. Um, so it was really important in the character of John Malkovich to have the perfect outfit that immediately we knew who he was. And I remember uh, working with the costume designer and choosing a few options and that the option that John wears in the film, it was the most outrageous one. And I told the custom designer, like, listen, um, this is great, but I don't think it's going to go for it. This is too much. Uh, and yet when John saw the option, he said like, well, definitely I need to go for that one, no? So it was great, but the John was also in the same spirit, if you want, of what the production, um, sorry, custom designer and myself have prepared for the moment. And with the character of Lily, especially, because he keeps changing back and forth. Unfortunately, the character of Cameron, once he breaks his leg, there is very little going on in his life and his custom, he just keeps getting more damaged and destroyed. Um, but with Lily, we wanted to do the same. We wanted to build the character. So every choice, it was actually very well thought. We wanted to, to have visually something spectacular all the time. And yeah, for the scene of the, the bloody scene, as you were mentioning, we decided to put it in white because we thought like, wow, this is going to be really cool. It will be very complicated and messy and we will have so few changes at the end of the day, but it will look great. And I have to say, I mean, I was also thinking of uh, some movies when I did that, you know, I mean, Clockwork Orange, it was a good reference. It was a great reference for the movie and uh, the color white and the blood, you know, it was something that I knew I wanted to put it together. So anyway, um, Lily has this amazing, you know, figure that you can put anything and it would look amazing. So we just put the high heels, the white pants, the shirt, and it was like, wow, she looks like a really cool killer. So that was perfect, you know, for that scene. And one of the scenes I wanted to talk to the three of you about filming as well is the moment where, you know, Chris is kind of cottoned onto a lot of what's going on and, and he's confronting Sky because you really kind of lean into the comedic element. You know, she's just come back with fried chicken and when she's confronted, she's just completely deadpan and it's just all about the chicken in that moment. And I was interested in in how you found that way to like play the very dry comedy that really works within the dramatic element as well. I mean, I love this scene because you can just see how normal and natural this is for Sky, and it's like completely logical. She's like, of course I killed her. I mean, she knew what I was doing and that was getting in the way. And that's part of the funny like thing about Sky because she's so honest about it. I mean, at that point, she's like, oh, okay, he's going to know. So this is what happened. And she casually tells him how she just killed her roommate, who she also had an affair with. But that's okay, because she could watch him from there. And I think there's this funny part to it that Lewis really highlighted. He said throughout the entire scene, don't turn back to him. Don't look at him once. And I thought that was a bold choice. And I was like, okay, let's try it. And I completely trust Lewis. And we did it. And it felt amazing because Sky is so in her world that for her, it was like, oh, yeah it's natural for me to do this because she came into my way. Like, why would I not? And then her just explaining all of this to Chris is actually pretty funny because she only looks at it like, she's like, oh, do you want some chicken? And that's what I think I also love about Sky because she's almost childish like it. She does not notice and has no empathy. It doesn't notice how this could actually really shock Chris. And Lewis made that brilliant choice of me just not looking at him. And I think that worked really well. Aside from the choice of, of not having Lily turn around, what were some of the other components of that scene that you really wanted to make sure kind of came together, either visually or, or what we saw through their performances, Luis? Well, I, I think the, the most interesting part of that scene to me is the fact that there are two, 
there are two trains going in two opposite directions, and you know maybe one of them is not moving. Um, but it was very interesting the fact that Lily was working her character in, in one direction, and the character of Cameron is in the opposite. Is in a completely different world. He just saw some shocking news on TV. He wants some immediate answers. His mind is is going a thousand miles per hour, and he's finding someone that is just completely non-responsive. So I have to say my full credit is to both Lily and Cameron, the way that they performed the scenes, because they were just infused life and energy to the the set that, you know, just like, you know, like, all right, amazing guys. So. But, but credit to, to you and, and, and Juan May, our, our DP as well, for how you shot that scene, because by shooting it with that wide lens and allowing the frame to be uh, <clears throat> kind of filled by her face, but then with Chris in the background moving across, I thought that was like a really interesting choice. And when they explained that to me when we were shooting, I was like, oh, wow, that's a really interesting way to do that. And that makes a lot of sense. And and so it was kind of it was it was kind of fun to be working the space across the back of her kind of knowing what that shot was supposed to be. And I think that that turned out really well in the final product. And I think it looks so great because she's also wearing this yellow dress, looks so innocent. And then you find out, oh, she's in complete control and he tries to escape. And she's like, oh, I have your phone. And basically now you're locked up. So I think there was an irony in like what she looked like and then how she acted. And that really flipped from that point on. And Cameron, for you as well, that's the first moment that he really kind of, he's been suspicious of a lot of details, but he hasn't quite been able to put his finger on it. And that's the moment where everything kind of culminates and comes together. And, and you know, there's even the interesting beat where he starts looking through her purse and she's like, no, I, I would as well. You know, I would look for those details. And she's almost encouraging him to and probably has even planted the information that he's finding on her along the way. And so for you, what were the beats that you wanted to create of when he starts to feel just gut instinct like not everything's quite as it seems to kind of knowing certain details to the point where he really puts it all together. Well, I think that, uh, that th this is something that is a credit uh, to the script and something that I, I really did like about it was the fact that I think that a lot of movies of this type, they would have made the reveal of Sky be like a late second act or, or a climax in the movie where it's, is she, is she good, is she bad? But instead, that, that, that is brought much earlier into the movie where it's not necessarily about that. And by doing that, it, it helps mitigate a little bit of um, Chris not being a complete idiot. You know, uh, he is a, a seemingly pretty intelligent person. Um, that being said, very intelligent people also sometimes have uh, big blind spots. Sometimes those things do go together. Um, but it was, I felt that it was a natural progression where he starts to have an instinctual feeling that something isn't quite right, but he doesn't know necessarily what it is. And I think that sometimes like in life, when things are going particularly well, we have this natural instinct to think, oh, this is too good to be true. And I almost think that Chris overly intellectualizes his way out of his suspicions where he thinks, oh no, I'm being, I'm being crazy. This girl is actually just great. You know, and so we have this moment of reveal and it's almost like he's in denial after the reveal. It, it takes, even after she says, you know, I, I, I killed her, I, I did this. He's still in shock and it's not really into the next scene after that he starts to come to grips with this fact when he's uh, tied up and about to be tortured. So um, I think it was it was kind of riding that line of, 
giving him some sort of awareness and not making him just extremely frustrating uh, from an audience perspective where he's completely unaware of sometimes movies of this type have these protagonists that are just completely incapable. <laughs> um, and, and I liked that they gave him, they gave him enough of a, a, an awareness that uh, we're not shouting at him the entire time. Like, come on, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I, that's also, that's credit. That's credit to our, our writer more than, um, you know, a, any decision just by an actor. And the other scene that I wanted to ask the three of you about is the moment later in the film when, you know, the two of them are, are almost encircling each other within the space. You know, we have Chris, who's kind of locked away behind a door, but has the technology of the house to throw Sky off balance. And she's kind of on the attack, but not necessarily sure where she needs to direct that attack. And there's so many elements within the composition of that as well, because you've got the lighting changing consistently. You've got the use of music and even just what that music is to really add to the scene and was interested in how all the details and aspects of that scene came together as well. Well, originally in the script was a slightly different. Uh, there was a big element of, um, that we couldn't afford. And it was um, the, whole the whole house, the sprinkler system of the house was going off and the whole house get flooded. That's how it was in the script. But once we decided to shoot in a real location, we knew that that wasn't going to happen because we would have destroyed this really beautiful house. So we had to figure out an alternative and that will be brought in sort of the spirit of the technology that in a way had, it was already in the script, you know, it was breathing in the script. Um, so then it was really just trying to figure out every single riddle that you can have to make it work and, and just push it to the limit and what else can we do? And, you know, sort of like try to plan as much as we could, knowing that then, um, we will fill those gaps in post-production, like with the music or sound effects of the house alive, basically, because that's what Chris is doing. He's controlling the house and the house that has been more or less a passive character, now it takes its own life. And, um, and that's also part of the, of the ending. And it was just very interesting and in a way, you know, very challenging too, because you know what it's going to be but at the same time, you're just, it's all made of very small pieces. So you're just sort of in a way hoping that you haven't made any mistakes because it's a puzzle. And if you are missing a couple of pieces, you know, you don't have the puzzle. So I feel just, uh, you know, very lucky that we got everything that we needed to make it work. You know, also because we shot the scene at the very end of the film and it was very complicated for every single reason. We also have the last um, fight of the movie and you know, it's a very complicated fight where we have uh, Lily, Cameron, Shasha, the ex-wife of Chris, plus the little kid, Ridley. Um, and it's a very intense fight and we just didn't have that much time to, to shoot it. So we were always shooting faster than we would have liked, you know, and I have to say, you know, they were all amazing and did an incredible uh, work, you know, just bringing it all together. Well, I love all the details that, that went into all of these moments and thank you so much for, for sharing all of that and, and talking with us about the movie and congratulations on everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.